0: Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the show. Before I go any further with the episode, I just wanted to ask you a little favor. As you listen to the Gracefield Leader podcast, if there's an episode that you think someone else would benefit from hearing, please share the link to the show. That's the best way for more women like you to find the show and hopefully get a bit more encouragement in their life and leadership journey. Okay, let's get to it. Today is a little different take on our leadership journey as women. I'm not sure how much we truly appreciate the degree to which our experiences when we were young daughters influence our journey into and through adulthood and motherhood. Today I get a little vulnerable in discussing some things that have impacted the way in which I perceive myself, perceive others, and respond to some of life's circumstances. I look back for a bit at my youth, some experiences that contributed to my own inadequacy issues, and the freedom I have since found in the Lord. Stay tuned for a little walk down memory lane. Are you feeling exhausted, burned out, and unfulfilled in your leadership? Do you struggle with perfectionism and people pleasing? Do you find yourself left with no time or energy to care for yourself and your family? Hey friend, welcome to the Grace-Filled Leader Podcast. I'm Tanya, wife, mom, leader, and Jesus lover. For years, I tried to find success and worthiness the world's way, only to feel overwhelmed, anxious, and unfulfilled. It wasn't until I surrendered my life and leadership that I truly found freedom. I discovered that we can be effective, purpose-driven leaders while living a life of peace and abundance. In this podcast, we're going to walk through practical solutions for doing life and leadership God's way. If you want to find fulfillment and lead with purpose, if you want to escape the chaos and find peace, if you want to find the freedom to live the life you were called to, this podcast is for you. Unbutton your blazers, sister friends. It's time to dig in. Picture, if you will, the 1980s and the elementary school version of Mean Girls. I was in the fourth grade and had been Enjoying a special and surprising admission into the popular girls club. Being a farm girl without the right name, clothes, or status, I always felt this membership to be a bit tenuous. If I'm being honest, I never really felt a sense of ease or belonging. I guess you could call this my early experiences of what would become a lifetime of imposter syndrome. This particular week was to be the end of my membership, the canceling of my subscription to the VIP list. I had witnessed the pattern of behavior toward others before me. The leader of the pack would suddenly decide to focus the group's wrath on an undeserving soul. That person would be excluded from group discussions, picked last for kickball, whispered about, and alienated. Well. It was now my turn. The week was terrible. I was made to feel isolated, alone, humiliated, and unworthy. I became physically ill with anxiety. I didn't want to go to school and face another day of mean-spirited exclusion, but I kept showing up and sitting with my fear. Ironically, there seemed to be a glimmer of hope on the Friday of the week that is forever etched in my memory. One of the primary foot soldiers in the group was sitting behind me on the school bus and was actually being friendly to me. She had started to make me feel like things were going to be okay. Just prior to boarding the bus, I had noticed her talking to the ringleader of the Mean Girls Club. I thought to myself, maybe she had decided to let me off the hook. Maybe she had decided that I was worthy to be a part of the group after all. Oh, what a relief I started to feel. As this deputy of sorts got up to get off the bus when we came to her stop, she patted me on the head, smiled and told me to have a good weekend. I was so happy that she seemed to be welcoming me back into the inner circle. My thought process was quickly diverted as I reached up and felt the pile of sugar that had been patted into my hair. I sat there beside my twin sister, eyes burning and welling up with tears. My hope had been replaced once more with humiliation. Every point of insecurity seemed to rise to the surface. All of the attributes that caused me shame and insecurity seemed to come together to create the avatar that became the girl I saw in the mirror for most of my life. The girl I saw was chubby, poor, shy, alone, and afraid. She was unworthy and undesirable. Aside from the love of her family, she was unworthy of the love and acceptance of others. This girl would spend a lifetime trying to win the approval of others. It didn't matter that she was smart, loyal, loving, and kind. She wasn't wealthy, athletic, skinny, or confident. It didn't matter that academic and professional success would follow her. It was insignificant compared to the material and social blessings that others enjoyed. She had been rejected and would assume rejection was always waiting around the corner. With every achievement, there would be the proverbial shoe waiting to drop. There have been many experiences in life that bring me back to that little girl on the school bus. Every time I allow someone to make me feel small, insignificant, and unworthy, I take a seat on that bus. Do you know this girl? Have you felt rejected by this world in a way that keeps you stuck in the infertile, barren, and unfruitful soil of self doubt, fear, and imposter syndrome? Have the feelings of insecurity and inadequacy caused you to overfunction, overachieve, and constantly seek validation from others to affirm your value and worthiness? I see you sister, but the good news is, there is a better way. The way forward is a little different than the one the world likes to tell us. The world will tell us that the key to happiness is to focus on self-love, self-improvement, self-acceptance, self-awareness, and self-confidence. I don't know about you, but I've been working on those things most of my life and while I have periods of improved confidence, happiness, satisfaction and purpose, I never quite get to the finish line. I lose momentum and end up looking for the next thing, the next workout plan, the next diet, the next motivational quote, the next self-help book, etc. The truth is, I've been looking in the wrong direction. I was looking to others for approval and acceptance. I was looking to myself for strength, endurance, and perseverance. I was looking to the temporary and not the eternal. All people and things of this world pale in comparison to the love and abundance we can experience in a life lived for Jesus. When I encounter people who choose not to see me for who I am, reject me, and lead me to feel like the little girl on the school bus, when I encounter the mean girls of my present, I'm learning to pause and take a new perspective. Though very difficult and counter to my fleshly desire to feel anger and resentment, I do my best to consider the things in her life That may contribute to the behaviors she displays. Perhaps she has experienced pain or rejection. Perhaps she has never heard a message of grace or salvation. Maybe she does not know the Lord and his love for her. Maybe I am put in her path to show her something different. I can choose to show grace, love, and mercy. I can pray for the Lord to be in my thoughts, words, and actions so that I act in love and not anger or revenge. Here's the real power tool, guys. Forgiveness. The most freeing thing you can do is choose to forgive those who have hurt you. Many times, they won't even realize that they impacted you so significantly. For example... This girl who contributed to this deeply seated sense of rejection and insecurity gave me the opportunity many years later to share my truth. She had absolutely no recollection of the events that seemed kind of silly now, but had such an impact on me. Ironically, she had gone through her own period of extreme rejection and isolation. Her people turned against her. She was alone and in pain. After going through that and moving on into adulthood, she went through other painful experiences and came to a point at which she was looking to make amends to people from her past. She reached out to see if she owed me any amends. I shared how I was affected by her behaviors in our youth, but that I forgave her long ago, was sorry for the painful experiences she endured, and hope that we could go forward as friends. Not only is forgiveness therapeutic, it is the instruction we are given in God's word. Colossians chapter 3, starting at verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I think many of us, have a person or event in our lives which caused us to feel rejected or unworthy? How will your own experience and the insight you have gained influence the way you help lead your children through their own experiences of rejection? Having experienced so much self-doubt and insecurity in my life, when I became a mother, I felt this intense desire to protect my children from the painful feelings of rejection, failure, and loneliness. The unfortunate truth is, we will watch our children have painful experiences. I have watched both of my children experience disappointment and rejection. I have listened to them express feelings of self doubt and fear. I can feel the pain they feel and wish I could take it from them. I can't, but what I can do is share my own story and share the good news that comes with a growing relationship with Jesus and the knowledge of His faithfulness. I can share the ways in which the Lord has helped me find some peace and freedom from my own struggles with approval-seeking. Most importantly, I can trust God's provision in their lives. I can trust that He is shrouding them with protection and calling them into relationship with Him. I can impart a message of reassurance and trust in a loving God that will never reject or forsake them. My friends, in times of trouble, when we feel alone, afraid, or rejected, rather than focusing our attention outward or inward, we ought to focus our attention upward. As it is written by the psalmist in Psalm 121, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the Maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither sleep nor slumber. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Amen, amen, and amen. Until next time, my friends, be grateful and be grace-filled. I pray this episode blessed you, spoke to you, or encouraged you in some way. If so, Please share it with a friend and head on over to Apple Podcasts to leave me a review. That's the only way for me to know if you are enjoying the show. Nothing blesses me more than to hear from you. Also, come on over to our free community, the Grace-Filled Leader Facebook group. This is a great place for us to support one another on our faith and leadership journey. Now to him who can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to His power that is at work within us. Ephesians 3.20 Until next time, God bless you, friend.